0: And I better not go to sleep. I'll never be the same. In Jesus' name, amen. Father, I give you thanks for your word this morning. I thank you, Lord God, that your word is powerful. It's alive. Lord God, it divides the, our very hearts, Lord God, to show the intentions of our hearts. It divides between bone and marrow, soul and spirit. And this morning we open ourselves to your word and we say, Lord God, operate on us, dissect, do what you do best in us and through us. Lord God, I submit myself to you this morning. That you would wear me like a glove. That you would be the substance of everything that's said, everything that's done. We promise, Lord, to give you all the glory and all the praise. In Jesus' name and everyone say, Amen. 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 You may be seated this morning why don't you open your Bibles with me to the book of Luke chapter 17. Luke chapter 17. Uh, Last week we started a series called Relationship Rules. Relationship Rules. And what we discovered last week is that all of us have relationship rules of one kind or another. Uh, All of us uh, based on our culture, based on how we grew up, based on our family, based on our parents. We all have relationship rules. Uh, Most times we don't even know what those rules are, but they operate in us and they uh, motivate us to do what we do. So some of us have a rule that says, uh, do unto others as they have done unto us. Amen? Uh, Some of us have a rule that says, do unto others before they get a chance to do it unto us. How many of you have been growing up in a house like that before? How many of you know that we had some siblings who used to treat us that way? Amen? Uh, But as we come into this new family called the family of God, as we we come to Jesus, we're Christians, that Jesus gives us a new rule. And this new rule, He says, goes something like this. I want you to do unto others because or as I have done unto you. In other words, Jesus says, listen, I don't want you to treat others based on how they behave. I want you to treat others based on how I treated you. And then we come in and we go, well, you know what, that's kind of hard because we walk into this relationship and God is all forgiving and God is all loving and God is all merciful. And so we want to deal with God on one level, but we want to deal with people on a completely different level. And then Jesus says, but you don't understand. You can't love me if you don't love the people I've put in your life. And that's where it gets dicey and that's where it gets tricky. Because we really want to have this love relationship with God and us and God and Lord. But, but you know what? If it weren't for those people, if it weren't for those children of God, life would be so much better. Hallelujah. And then God says... But you don't understand, you can't love me and not love others. If you love me, then you need to love others the way I love you. And so today, we're going to go a little deeper into this because we're going to talk about an area of love that sometimes we don't really want to talk about. And that's this area called forgiveness. Someone said Forgiveness forgiveness. Luke 17 is where we pick up this story. And this story is uh, Jesus speaking to his disciples. And this this is real interesting um, conversation that's going on. And he starts off with this in verse 1. Listen to this. Luke 17 verse 1. He said to his disciples, it is impossible that no offense should come. Now, I don't know how many of you sit up at night and claim that promise for yourselves. Hallelujah, Lord. Thank you, Lord. That offense is good. You don't. You know what? But what Jesus was doing was stating a fact. He's saying, listen, as long as you're alive, you're going to be offended. (laughs) As long as you breathe, you are going to be offended. Turn to the person beside you and say, have you been offended lately? Because can I tell you something? It is impossible, Jesus says, it's impossible to live in this world and not get offended. Impossible. So when you have a friendship or you're in a marriage or you're somehow in this relationship and somehow you feel like, oh, but I love the person, how could they offend me? Can I let you in a little secret? It's impossible for you not to be offended. In fact, if you get close enough to me, I will offend you. That's why sometimes it's easier to love people from afar. (laughs) Because the closer I get to you, is the more you make me feel (laughs) offended. This is not much of a love song, really. It doesn't work quite like a love song, but it's true. And then here's what he says this. But woe, look at this, but woe to him through whom they do come. It would be better for him if a millstone were hung around his neck and he were thrown into the sea than that he should offend one of these little ones. Uh, So let me ask you something. Who is going to take care of the offender? Who? God. God is going to take care of the offender. He's not saying to the disciples, woe to them who would come, you better put a millstone around their neck and throw them into the sea. That's not what He's saying to them. He's saying to them, hey, let me tell you something, woe to Him, I will take care of Him. That's my responsibility. Let me tell you what your responsibility is. Take heed to yourselves. If your brother sins against you, rebuke him, And if he repents, forgive him. And then the disciple says, that's cool. I can live with that. But Jesus, as usual, never stops at the simple statement, does he? He always complicates things. And I think the disciples kind of get into this mode where at first when they hear Jesus say something, they kind of go, is he finished? I hope he's finished. Because if he says anything else, this is really going to mess us up. He continues. Here's what he says next. And if he sins against you seven times in a day, and seven times in a day returns to you saying, I repent, you shall forgive him. And they're going, whoa, whoa, wait a minute, Jesus. What are you saying here? And he's saying, what I'm saying is, if, watch this, if he sins against you, if he does the same thing to you seven times in the same day, by the same person, I want you to forgive him. And here's the disciples' response Lord, increase our faith. <laughs> Do you see that? The next verse says, Lord, increase our faith. You know what they're saying? Okay, we were cool when you said forgive him the first time, but now that you're saying the same person on the same day seven times, we need more faith for that. We're going to need more. We're going to need more faith for that. But watch Jesus' response. Because Jesus' response is not what you think it is. Here's what Jesus says. Look what he says. He says, "Um, So the Lord said, verse 6, in response to them, If you have faith as a mustard seed, you can say to this mulberry tree, Be pulled up by the roots and be planted in the sea, and it would obey you. And which of you, having a servant plowing or tending sheep, will say to him when he has come in from the field, Come at once and sit down and eat? Like if you had a servant and he was working, when he came in, would you say, hey, no, no, uh, you sit down and eat. He says, no, you won't say that. Verse 8. But will ye not rather say to him, prepare something for my supper and gird yourself and serve me till I have eaten and drunk and afterward you can have something to eat. Does he thank that servant because he did the things that were commanded him? No. So likewise, you... When you have done all those things which you are commanded, say, we are unprofitable servants, we have done what our duty is to do. Here's what he's saying. Here's what he's saying. The disciples said to him, Jesus, if you want us to forgive the same person for the same sin seven times, we're going to need more faith. And Jesus says, you don't need more faith. Because even if you have the smallest amount of faith, you can tell a mulberry tree, get plucked up and thrown in the sea. You don't need more faith. What you need to do is be like that servant who does what they're told to do. And when you're done doing what you're told to do, don't look to me to say, oh, you did well, because that was what was expected of you anyway. Jesus was saying, when it comes to forgiveness, you don't need faith. You need obedience. Uh, Jesus said it, not me. (laughs) I'm just telling you, this is not me. I'm just telling you what Jesus said, okay? He's saying, listen, this is not a faith issue. This is an obedience issue. Because here's the deal. You are going to be offended, but will you be obedient? You are going to be offended. It is going to happen. I promise you, you will not go in any relationship without being offended. The question is, what are you going to do when you're offended? Jesus says, I need to be obedient. And I need you to just do what you're told. Woo-wee. That's heavy right there. Because how many of us know that when we're offended, we don't feel like doing what's right? Come on now. All right. Like, honestly, when you're offended, you don't feel like doing the right thing. In fact, that's the time you feel like just saying, you know what? Forget it. I don't want anything to do with the person. I just want to get out of here. See, it's easy for us to talk last week about loving others the way Jesus loved us until it comes to the offense thing. Then all of a sudden it's like, I ain't loving them. Are you crazy? They are wrong. I am right. You have these little things that go through your head. You start imagining what will happen if you have this conversation and how you're going to throw the table over and you're going to punch them and you're going to say, I told you not to do, you know, and you go and get into it, right? I have them too. I mean, you're up late at night or you're driving, right? You're not even listening to the radio. You just have this conversation with in your head. Turn over to Matthew. Turn over to Matthew chapter 18. Matthew is awesome because Jesus has this conversation again with the disciples. And I like how he does it this time because now he kind of helps them to understand a little bit more. Matthew chapter 18, verse 7. It sounds like it's the same conversation. Here's what he says. Woe to the world because of offense. Here comes the promise again. For offenses must come. They must come. But woe to that man by whom the offense comes, who's going to take care of the offender. God, God is going to take care of the offender. Jump down to verse 15. Moreover, if your brother sins against you, go and tell him his fault between you and him alone.. Uh-huh. Oh, not Come on. Now let's just stop there for a second. Jesus outlining exactly how you deal with offense. First step, he says, if somebody offends you, go and speak to them, how? Say it again. Alone. Alone. Don't go and speak to someone else alone. Go and speak to them alone. Because too many times, as soon as we get offended, the first thing we want to do is speak evil about the person who offended us. And oftentimes we end up contaminating someone else. And we over here, we make it right. And that person is still offended by the person who offended you. Even though you and them made it right. And then you don't, you don't even have the time to go back to everybody you spoke to when you were offended. And clear it up and make sure they know that nothing is wrong with it. So Jesus says, you know not forget all of that. You know what, just speak to the person alone. Because you know what is true? Jesus doesn't go around telling other people about your sins. I'm telling you, he doesn't go around saying, hey, you know what that person did to me, you know what that person did, you don't do that, you know, he speaks to you how? Alone. He speaks to you alone. So Jesus says, I want you to follow my example. Here's what I want you to do. Go to that person and speak to them alone. Then here's the next part. Then he says, uh, for um, if he hears you, you have gained your brother. But if he will not hear you, take with you one or two more, that by the mouth of two or three witnesses, every word may be established. So second step is, listen man, if you deal with it, and it won't work, it's not happening, then you take someone else with you. Not you tell someone else, you take someone else. That's right. hey, Are you hearing that? You take someone else, you don't tell someone else. And, and, and here's the problem, I mean, listen, Jesus will even tell someone, if you're not listening to him, that person is called a prophet, a pastor, he will tell somebody in authority who's going to speak. Sometimes, you know what, sometimes uh, you may be struggling with something, and right up here, Pastor Eben starts speaking about it, and you don't even know, you go like, how in the world did he know? Jesus told him. He just didn't tell him it was you, but he told him. <laughs> Because God is so merciful that He will use someone else to help correct you so that you don't end up destroying yourself. And if you love the person that we're talking about in terms of offense, which is what Jesus calls us to do, then you bring someone else into it, not to condemn the person, but to resolve the issue. You've got to see the issue as the issue, not the person as the problem. The person's not the problem. The issue is the problem. So he says, bring someone else in, and then you work on it. And if they don't listen, even at that point, then take it to the church. But then jump down, jump down. Look at this. This is so cool. Look at at what happens. Verse 21. Because the first time, remember what the disciples said? Give us faith. And then they got rebuked. So this time, Peter steps up. You know Peter's my favorite, right? Because Peter always says something that gets him in trouble. I just love that. So watch this. So Peter comes to him and Peter says, Lord... Because Peter thinks he's on it now. Peter's learned from the last time. Peter says, "Lord, how often shall I, uh, shall my brother sin against me, and I forgive him up to seven times?" Because, <laughs> because that's what you said the last time. Remember. Up to seven, because right now at this point, Peter's kind of grown where he says, all right, I can do, I can do six, uh, all right, all right, I can do seven, I can finally do seven, all right, I can do seven times. Lord, uh, how often? Seven times, and then Jesus responds, and Jesus goes, oh my gosh, you still don't get it, do you? Uh, Peter, up to 70 times seven. Peter just about fainted at that point. <laughs> he was like, oh my gosh. I mean, Peter just messed up. Because now Jesus has made this big, huge number and he can't... And Jesus says, you know what? Let, let me help, on, let, help you understand. This is not about the number of times, guys. This is a principle I'm trying to teach you. This is the kingdom of heaven. is like a master. He's, he's keeping accounts. Let's read it. verse uh, Verse 23. There was... Therefore the kingdom of heaven is like a certain king who once settled accounts with his servants. And when he had begun settling accounts, one was brought before him who owed him 10,000 talents. He said 10,000 talents. The disciples were like, what? 10,000 talents? And for us, we're just like, I don't even understand what that means. But I'm going to explain what that means in a sec. So he says 10,000 talents. But as he was not able to pay, his master commanded that he be sold with his wife and children. And all that he had and all payments be made. The servant therefore fell down before him saying, Master, have patience with me and I will pay you all. Then the master of that servant was moved with compassion, released him and forgave him the debts. This is awesome. Because in those days, uh, a talent was um, 6,000 denarii. And you don't know what that means either. But a denarii was how much someone would earn for a day's work. So, one denarii equaled one day's work. That's what they'd get paid, a denarii. In fact, you remember that woman who brought the alabaster box and poured out the perfume on Jesus' feet? Uh, that, that perfume was worth 300 denarii, or about a year's worth of wages. In other words, that was their year, her year's paycheck, was the amount that that, uh, that ointment cost. Well, one denarii is one year. Well, a, a talent was six thousand denarii. Okay, it still don't make sense to you. Okay, so, so let me try and put it this way. If you worked for one year, you got three hundred denarii. For you to get a talent, you had to work for twenty years. So at the end of twenty years, the master would have come back to this guy and said, I'm so glad you gave me one talent. No, you have nine thousand nine hundred and ninety-nine talents left. In other words, to earn ten thousand talents, you would have to work two hundred thousand years. Alright, let me translate it into money. All right. Ten thousand talents was seven billion dollars. That's more than Oprah money. That's a whole lot of money right there. And so when disciples heard, he owed $10,000, they go, oh my word, that, that's crazy. That do not even make sense. That's ridiculous. How could anyone pay that off? And that was the point Jesus was making. You can't. You can't. But the king forgave him anyway. Are you with me? Then it says that the guy leaves that situation, he goes out and he finds Another man who owes him, watch this, a hundred denarii. Well, how much was a year's worth? 300. How much is a hundred? Four months worth. This is four months of work. This is four months salary. He owed him a hundred denarii. And he held this guy and he put him in prison and said, listen, I, I I mean, this guy said, give me some time. I'll pay him off. No, the first guy couldn't pay it off even if he got time. The second guy, he could pay it off if he got some time. But he said, I don't care. I'm going to put you in prison anyway. And then the the, the servants of the king saw what was happening and got really upset, told the master. The master said, how could you? You wicked. Listen to him. He said, you wicked servant. He says, when you don't forgive others the way I've forgiven you, you've gone onto the wicked side. You wicked servant. Could you not have had compassion the way I had compassion on you? And so the master, the king, locked this guy up, and he was tortured. Now listen to this. A hundred denarii is about $11,000 if we use minimum wage. That's some money. How many agree that, that's some money? Jesus isn't saying you're not going to be hurt. Jesus isn't even saying that people aren't going to owe you. Jesus even saying, hey, just brush it off and forget the whole thing. He's saying, it's going to hurt. But when you compare it to what I have done for you. When you compare what they've done to you to what I have done for you. You ought not to hold them in debt when I didn't hold you in debt. For you will never forgive anyone more than I have forgiven you. Jesus, I'm not asking you to forgive them because they deserve it. I'm saying forgive them because I forgave you. That's the point. The point, Peter, is not seven times or 700 times. The point is you you think you could ever forgive anyone more than I've already forgiven you? That's impossible, Peter. So don't keep score. Hmm. Don't keep score. Don't keep score, because it's not about them and about you and them. It's about me and you. And if you look at what I've done for you, you could never earn it back. Amen? Amen. So do unto others as I've done to you. Let me give you a couple of scriptures real quick. Colossians chapter 3, verse 12 to 13. Here's what it says. Colossians 3, verse 12, 13. I'll throw it up on the overhead because I don't want to turn in my Bible. Here we go. Therefore, as the elect of God, holy and beloved, put on tender mercies, kindness, humility, meekness, long-suffering. Watch the next part. Bearing with one another and forgiving one another. If anyone has a complaint against another, even as Christ forgave you, so you must, also must do. Circle the words, even as. Even as Christ forgave you, so you must do to others. You know, Jesus is saying, hey, listen, uh, you, you, don't, you don't do it because of what they've done. Because I know in some of your heads, you're saying, but you don't understand what they did to me. Jesus is saying, that's not the point. The point is this, you don't forgive people based on their actions, you forgive people based on my actions. You forgive them based on what I did for you. So don't lose sight of how much you've been forgiven. Do not lose sight of how much you've been forgiven. Do not lose sight of how much you've been forgiven. Because the day you do that, you become like the Pharisees. You think your righteousness is based on your works. Ephesians four thirty-two says this. It's so good. Ephesians four verse thirty-two. I throw it up on there. Be Uh, And be kind to one another. Tender hearted. What's this? Forgiving one another. How? Even as God in Christ forgave you. I want you to circle two words. Which two words are they? Even as. Do you see that God is removing all your excuses? He's saying I don't want you to do it based on what you've experienced. Except for what you've experienced from me. And uh, the day I was preparing this message, it was so interesting. The day I was preparing this message, I got this message from this guy on LinkedIn. LinkedIn is kind of like a business thing that is it's kind of like Facebook. If you don't know what Facebook is, don't worry about it. So this guy, I haven't spoken to this guy in like 15 years. This guy writes me, he says, man, hearing good things about you, la-da-da-da-da. Da, da, da. You know, I know our relationship came to us, and he said, violent end. And um, so I just, you know, if you, if you don't want to write me back, that's fine, I understand. It's so funny, 15 years ago, me and this guy, we were really, 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 really very, very close. We're very close. I was over his house all the time, he was over my house all the time. As uh, newly married, and so we used to hang out together as couples. And then he and his wife were going through a divorce. And since the day this whole thing with the divorce started, he stopped talking to me. I'd call, I'd leave messages, I'd go to his house, I'd do all this thing. And this guy just wouldn't return my calls, wouldn't talk to me, wouldn't do anything. He would hide when I came by. It was weird. (laughs) Absolutely strange. I'd see him somewhere and he just wouldn't talk to me for whatever. I just, I couldn't figure it out. And so, you know, I wrote this guy back and said, hey, I don't have any problem talking to you. I just don't understand what happened. And he said, well, the truth is, when I was going through my divorce, I decided to divorce everyone who was close to me. I said, I know it seems stupid now, but at, at the time it just, I don't even know if it made sense then either. So I said, Well, man, I forgave you a whole lot, a long time ago. I never held that up in my heart. I'm just glad that you're ready to talk at this point. Amen? It's so funny. I got a call the same day, no, or I called somebody the same day, and that person was offended with me. The same day, I was both the offended and the offender. And I was doing a message on offense. That was like crazy. And I had to walk this other person all through what it is that God could be doing in their hearts based on offense. Because the issue is no matter who you are, you're going to be offended and you're going to be an offender. And if you say to yourself, but I could never forgive anyone, I could never forgive this person, then you have to say to yourself, I hope you you never sin. I hope you never need to be forgiven if you choose that you're not going to forgive. And sometimes it's all we think, we think, but it's not fair for me to forgive them because then I let them off the hook. This is it's not fair for me to, you're right, it's not fair for you to forgive. The word uh, forgiveness really has nothing to do with fairness. If you want to be fair, there's a good word for that. It's called justice. But here's what we do. We want justice for everyone else, but we want mercy for ourselves. And you've got to make a decision. If you want something from God, then you have to be willing to give it to others as well. Are you hearing me this morning? Yes. Do unto others, Jesus says, as I have done unto you. Do unto others as I have done unto you. So how is Jesus forgiven us? Well, first of all, the Bible says that uh, forgiveness, real forgiveness is, listen to this, is unconditional. It's not something you earn. It's not something you deserve. It's not something you can buy. And it's not something you can bargain for. So when you tell somebody, hey, I'll forgive you if, That's bargaining. I'll forgive you if you never do it again. That's a bargain. It don't work that way. You need to be able to offer forgiveness even if it's not asked for. Jesus offered you forgiveness before you even knew you needed it. Before you asked for it, it was there waiting for you to come and grab. Maturity says this, you don't need to ask me, I need to give it. I'm going to do it whether you ask me or not. I'm going to do it whether you make it up to me or not. I'm going to do it whether you you, say, you know what, I'm so sorry I was wrong. Let me tell you something, you will never forgive someone who is right. I'll let that sink in for a second. The person who has have to tell you, listen, when someone is wrong, that's why you need to forgive them. Because people who are right don't need forgiveness. Did you understand that? You'll never forgive someone who deserves it. People who deserve it don't need it. I used to tell people sometimes, I don't waste forgiveness on petty things. Like when someone didn't tell you hi when you walked into church. That's really petty. You need to be understanding, not forgiving. (laughs) If, <laughs> did, you, did you hear what I'm saying? Sometimes we are caught up in these tiny little things that we just need to be understanding about and we're saying, oh man, I have to go forgive them now. Come on, get over that. You, like save forgiveness for some real heavy stuff. You know what I mean? Like, you know what I'm saying? Like save it for $11,000, not for $2. Come on, like, like really. Like, like, Make it really cost. It. Forgiveness ought to cost you a little bit. You, know what I'm saying? you ought to sacrifice something when you forgive. So let it cost you something. Save it for the big stuff. The other's petty stuff, just understand. Just say, hey, they're human. They make mistakes. Everybody does that. That's fine. I'm human too. And when it comes to real big hurt, that's when you go, hey man, you know what? I need to forgive them. But here's the thing. You forgive them not because they deserve it, not because they're right, not because of any of that. You forgive them because Jesus forgave you. Amen. Let me me close with uh, some practical stuff here. How do we... Uh, Forgive others. Matthew chapter 5, verse 44, is is pretty powerful. It's one of these scriptures I wish was not in the Bible. You ever read a scripture you say, I wish this wasn't in the Bible? This is one of those I wish wasn't in the Bible. I I, I swear, this is one. Uh, Matthew chapter 5, verse 44. Here's what it says. Um, In fact, verse 43 says, You have heard it said, You should love your neighbor and hate your enemy. Here's verse 44. But I say to you, Love your enemy. I was like, Jesus, why did you have to say that? Love your enemies. Bless those who curse you. Do good to those who hate you. And pray for those who spitefully use and persecute you. Stop right there. How do we deal when someone offends us? Well, first of all, we pray for them. And here's what we pray. We pray, God bless them. You know why? It's pretty difficult to keep asking God to bless someone and keep unforgiveness in your heart. You keep praying, God bless them, God bless them. Here's the other thing you don't do. Cursing means to speak negatively or to speak evil about someone. Listen, do not curse them, he says. So here's the deal. You speak well of them and not negatively. You don't walk around telling people about what they did and what they didn't do and how they were. No, guess what? You don't curse them. You pray for them. You don't curse them. You don't speak evil of them. You trust God to vindicate you. Don't go try vindicating yourself. And you ask God for restoration of that relationship. Because Jesus died for relationships, He didn't die for your rightness, He didn't die to prove that you were right. And too many people are busy defending how right they are instead of trying to preserve the relationship they have. Then here's why. Here's what Jesus says after this. This is so cool. This is the next verse. Verse 45. Where are we? uh, Verse 45. Here's what it says. That you may be what the sons of your Father in heaven. For he makes his son to rise on the evil and on the good and send rain on the just and the unjust. In other words, here's what he's saying. God treats people who are evil with love in the same way he treats his kids with love. And so if you want to be a reflection of the father, then you need to forgive them just as he has forgiven you so that you can look like him, not like yourself. Not like the others out there. Because guess what? Everybody loves people who love them. That's easy. But try loving someone who doesn't love you. That's what he says reminds him of God. Let's end with one more scripture. It says, uh, you know, Romans 12, 19 says, Do not try to avenge yourselves. Let God be your avenger. Amen. So when we don't forgive with the two things, We, we put ourselves in bondage. Because unforgiveness is like drinking poison hoping it will kill the other person. <laughs> so we put ourselves in bondage. But the second thing we do is we put ourselves in the place of God. Because every person who's offended feels like they're, they have the right to judge the person who offended them. And the only person who has a right to judge is God. Because only He can judge fairly and righteously and justly. And so God says, don't even try to take vengeance for yourself. Vengeance is mine, says the Lord. I will repay. God is saying, I will make things right. You don't have to worry about the offender. You know who you have to worry about? You. I need you to be obedient. I need you to recognize how much I've forgiven you. I need you to be set free. I need you to release them so you can be released yourself. I need you to be right. Let me deal with them myself. I got this. Hallelujah. Um, My kids sometimes get into each other. Sometimes they argue back and forth. and, And one of the things that I've found with kids and being a parent is that when one kid does something wrong to the other, It's so much easier when the other kid doesn't respond so you can just deal with one kid. But when the other one responds negatively and they start going back and forth, now I have to deal with both kids. You know the old saying, two wrongs don't make a right? This is what happens with us. Sometimes if we get offended, if we just brought it to God in the first place, God wouldn't have to deal with us. Instead, now God has to deal with us and the offender. Let's bow our heads for a second. What's the Holy Spirit saying to you this morning? What's the Holy Spirit saying to you this morning? Is it talk about offense? Is it talk about forgiveness? Is there someone you need to make things right with? Father, we bless you, Lord God. We thank you. you've called us to a new standard of living. That we are to do unto others as you have done unto us. And we thank you for your forgiveness this morning. That it's unconditional. That it's real. That it's rich. We don't have to earn it or deserve it. Or we don't have to, Lord God, bargain for it or buy it. But God, you freely give it to us. And today, Lord God, freely we receive Freely we give. Lord God, we choose today to give forgiveness freely to those who have hurt us, offended us, stolen from us, taken from us, from those whom we feel owe us something. We decide to release them of that debt this morning. Even as you've released us of a debt we couldn't pay. If you're here this morning and you've never asked Jesus in your heart,